we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. Man, I am so glad that you're with me again today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking time to listen. Thank you for allowing the content that we produce here at the Anointed Leadership uh, to bless you and add value to your life. Hey, as we as we talked about last podcast show, we jumped into one of our conference sessions from 2022, and uh, I want to bring you back into and finalize that about empowering others. I've done a couple a podcast before on empowering others, but not with the extent of detail. And I really believe that what we dealt with in the conference was all about running, empowering people to run with the vision. And and in that conference, I, I want to bring you back to that that session because I want to finalize it. I really believe when we empower people, I would hope that you would make 2023 a year that you are focusing as a leader on empowering other people to run with the vision, the God-given vision, the heavenly vision. I think we have to understand that, that that has got to be part of our role. So as we go into the into the uh, session, uh, I want you to take a few moments and I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to share a couple thoughts with you before we close. But before we do, like I always ask you to do, first of all, if you've never subscribed to the channel uh, or to the show, please do so and hit the bell there to get notifications when we drop. We drop one every other Thursday and uh, we would really appreciate your support there. Second of all, uh, if this content's adding value to you, uh, drop a comment, uh, drop a review. It always helps us as podcasters know that our listeners are being blessed by it. Uh, inside of that, you can join me on my website at terrylinscott.com. There's a lot of information that we put out. There's the way to listen to the podcast, watch the podcast through our YouTube channel. Uh, it also gives opportunity for requests. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be down near Cookville, Tennessee, uh, doing a, uh, a leadership conference for Pastor Mark Ogletree there at I Am Worship Church. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a blast. I'm excited to get there. Uh, so if you're in the area there, come look us up, join us there at the church uh, on the Sunday. And then in, on Monday and Tuesday there in the area, we're going to be doing some leadership stuff for businesses. And so I really appreciate you can join me on my website. Lastly, I want to ask you to do this, share the content. If this is adding value to you, please share this with your coworkers, your boss, your leaders, uh, leaders that are around you, family, friends, whoever it is. I would really, really appreciate that. Today, we're, as I said, we're jumping into the conference session and we're talking about empowering others. Last episode, we dealt with uh, the, same, the same session, but we only brought us up to the point of the number one point out of six, which is know your role. You as the leader, if you have not listened to that previous episode, please go back and listen to it before you jump into this content. I'm telling you, as a leader, you must know your role. And there's some uh, identifying factors that I talk about, about understanding that role, understanding that how do you empower people? Your first step is you got to know your role. Today, we're going to jump into the other five points, and we're really going to deal with some things about how do I empower from a leadership standpoint. It is difficult. It's the hardest, as I said last episode. So it's the hardest thing you're ever going to do, which is to empower people. It's the hardest thing that you're going to do, but it is also the most rewarding thing to do when you give people permission 
to function. As At the end of the show last time, I talked about it this way. In Habakkuk 2, it says, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets. That's you, the leader, you, the visionary. But then here's the next part of it is they that read it. Now, who are the they? Those are the people that you've brought around you. They'll run with it. So the whole goal from leadership, and Jesus taught us this, is to cast vision and give people under you permission to function inside their giftings, what they're good at, and allow them to move and and function in that situation. And so I want to challenge you. Let's jump into the session today. Go in there. It's going to take a few minutes, about 16, 17 minutes of of the conference. We're going to bring you five points today that I believe will bless you. I'll be right back right after you hear these excerpts from the conference. So you're going to have to become relational. You can't empower people without relationships. It's the hardest thing to do, especially when you're an introvert like Terry. I prefer to sit at home, doors closed, lights off, in the back deck with my TV by myself with my wife. Nobody around. I'm happier when I'm not talking to people. I'm happier, happier when nobody's texting me. I'm the happiest guy in that moment. But as a leader, you can't be that guy. You can't be an introvert. You can't be by yourself. You need people around you. And if you're going to empower people, you've got to be relational. Relational is simply this, engaged in the person, not in the task. A boss mentality is only engaged in the task, but a leader is engaged in the person. And you got to understand if you're going to empower, they got to trust you. We dealt with it a little bit last night. They got to trust you, but you got to trust them. And I can't trust you if I don't know you. And I'm not going to trust you to run with what's in you if I don't know what's in you. It's, it's a relational situation that must be had before you give permission. So when Stacy and Felix, because we've had a relationship, we're family, but we've been in the ministry together. And when these things happen and I said, listen, hey, you're fired. They, they could trust me because for the last three or four years, the leadership that I developed with them wasn't just the ministry, it was them. And so the hardest thing I ever did was the first thing I ever did in the ministry is fire her and Felix as youth ministers. I gave them eight months, though, so at least kudos to Terry. I didn't fire them right off the bat. But one of the very first things I said, you can't be that no more. It's impossible. We, we won't go where we're going, and you won't go where you're going if I don't fire you. The looks from them, if you would have been on my side of the desk, was like, the thought was, in their mind was, well, what are we going to do? Uh, that's who we are. We're defined by that. They shared that with you. That's our definition. That's how people know us. So what are we going to do? Well, if we didn't have a relationship between us and we talked and we knew each other and I knew the gifts in them and I knew the call in them, and if, I would never have known that just hearing it. I had to know them. Even though we're family, we don't do ministry all 24-7. Like, we enjoy life. But relationship, when it comes to that, they have to trust me as the leader that I'm making the right decision, not just for them, but also for the organization itself. And that's relationship. If you're going to empower people, you better know people. You can't, if you don't know them, you'll never empower them. Why? Because you'll always hold on to the what ifs. The third thing is, watch this, you've got to encourage them to take risks. <laughs> Woo! Fly little butterfly, fly. Little birdie, get out the nest. It's a risk. Yeah, I know it's a risk. I, I wrote this down. I don't have it in here, but I wrote it down for the next one is, uh, don't be afraid to take a risk. Don't be afraid to take risk. Risks are, are the things that are going to set you up. 
If you're afraid to take a risk now, which means you're comfortable where you are, you don't know where you're going to be in five years. Take the risk. Take the risk. Encourage them. Encourage them. I told Stacy one of the things when she come and talked to me, we talked about her developing. And I'm only going to use them because they just came out of the interview, kind of like I did Quentin yesterday. But one of the things was, Stacy, you're going to have to preach. You're going to have to get your name out there. You're going to have to get your word out there. Stacy, go do something. What do you think I should do? Go do a podcast. Ah, I don't know. And then, then it goes from podcast to you need to get on video. I don't like video. I love what Felix told her. She's like, I don't like the way I look on camera and sound on camera. He says, whoa, what do you think we got to look at and listen to? <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. But the risk was, what if nobody listens to me? What if it doesn't sound right? What if I make a mistake? The what ifs that you don't know because it's something you're not used to, which is a risk. That's a risk. Something you're not used to and you're not guaranteed a result is a risk. And the greater the risk, the greater the reward. In business, you understand, if it, especially investments, greater risk, greater reward. You go buy something that, that is a, like, if you go buy, and, and, and when I was in real estate and did business that way, we made our, some of our best money, right, Jason? Investing in the West End of Louisville. That's a huge risk. We bought a house, what was $1,000 or something like that? Huh? $3,500 cash, but that was a cow. It was milking, just a lot of money. But it was a massive risk because the, right down the street was the, the gang's uh, park shootings. It's a risk, but the reward, cash cow. Same thing in your life, in your business, whatever it is. Go take a risk. But what if it doesn't work? What if it does? How about change your perspective? Stop looking at it as half empty and realize what you do have. Go take, this is empowering people. Go do something. I'm giving you permission to completely fail. Go take the risk. What is a risk? What you're uncomfortable with, what you're not used to, what's not familiar to you. Anything in there, it's risks. Go do it. What if I invest and it doesn't work? What if it does? What if it does? And that's what I think you have to understand is go do something that you're not used to doing because I, it's not about the result of the thing. It's about what's going to happen to you, what's going to take place in you, how it's going to challenge you, how it's going to stretch you. That's what risks are all about. It's not even the reward of the natural. It's the ability to recognize there's more in you. This is what great leaders do. They cause people to go do something they're not used to doing because it's not to get a result of a thing or an event. It's to get a result in them, to discover who they really are. And that's what taking risks are all about. The fourth one, this is a key component now. Now that I've given you permission to function, given you permission to do things, watch this. You've got to eliminate anxiety. The hardest part of empowering is constantly trying to get checkups. You ever go to the doctor and every time you go to the doctor, they got to take all your vitals. So you go to the doctor today, you go to the doctor tomorrow, you go to the doctor the next day, you're like, you just took my vitals and they're the same the last two days. Why do you keep taking my vitals? Because I want to check up on you. I want to make sure you're okay. You have to eliminate that. The hardest part is, where are we with this, Stacy? What's going on, Stacy? Talk to me, Stacy. Every day, knocking on her door, what's going on? It's the hardest part because you don't know. Part of empowering is the permission to live without knowing everything. It's trusting everything that she's doing that we're going to accomplish everything that we say we're going to accomplish. We did the two crusades in our church, and I'm just talking about empowering others. And we did one in Central City, and we did one in Radcliffe. 
And when we did the central city, I said nothing. I, I purposely said, I'm not doing anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm trusting them to do what everything they're gonna do. They did a briefing to me. All I said to them is you gotta make sure certain a couple of things. I didn't give them any opinion, didn't give them any advice. We go down there and there were so many things I hated about it. I disliked about it. I didn't appreciate or agree with in those many things. Not that it was bad. We did great things. We reached people. Some of y'all looking at me like, huh? You did, this the backdoor stuff. And there were certain little things and a big thing that I didn't like. But did I say anything to him? Not at all. Not at all. Didn't say a word until after the event that I said, these are the things that really bugged me and ticked me off. That's called empowerment. I didn't ask him. I didn't ask for permission or to tell me everything. Why? Because I'm trying to teach and I'm trying to lead by example to say, go do it. Was, and most people that went down to it said, man, that was the greatest thing. That was amazing. That was awesome. And I'm sitting back looking at like, it was good. You know why it was good? Because what I see inside is greater than what we did. That's the vision. But I'm not, I'm not knocking, nor am I degrading what we did. I just didn't see it in clear picture form what I see in here. And that's okay. It's a step in the direction. So what we did is three weeks later, we did the same thing in our own city, and we adjusted certain little things that now I'm seeing the picture of it because it's what we're supposed to do. And when we got done, I said, I still don't like these things because I see the grander picture than what we're doing. That's what visionaries do. And you have to give them permission that if I paint a picture, that they actually, by speaking it, take the brush and do it. That's what empowering is. If I'm doing it myself, I don't need anybody around me. But you gotta be able to empower them and encourage them to take risks and you gotta eliminate the anxiety to go bug them because it's anxious, it's stress. What is, are they doing it? What's going on, where we're at? Even walking into this conference, I'm just teaching you something about your own life. I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what we were doing until right before. You think, well, that's poor leadership. Is it? Or is it good leadership, trust in people to become who they're supposed to be without my every day talking to them. I, I can focus on the content that I'm gonna deliver and I don't have to focus on banners and books and food and name tag. I don't have to focus on those stuff. But those are the things people are more interested in, the creative people, the people that are working for you, your staff, they want that stuff. I don't care. Just show up. That's all I wanna know. Somebody show up. I'll say something, right? But this is what it is. Eliminate anxiety to go get information. But then you got to, on the flip side, you got to do this. You got to embrace communication. Because <laughs> if you have, if you're anxious and you're always begging for information, you're always knocking down their door, that, that's fine. I'm not saying eliminate it, but now you got to embrace communication. What? Set deadlines. Have meetings. The things that we all hate. I hate meetings. Love them and hate them. I could be doing something different with my time than sitting in a meeting. Much more productive, but there's really nothing more productive than sitting in the meeting to make sure everybody's on the same page. So you got to utilize the meeting properly, but this, this uh, uh, communication both ways is this, and I don't have time to do it, but it, you can go find this. It's called disbursement and retrieval. I did a thing with my staff about a month ago, and I said, we're, we're overwhelmed in our church and what we're doing, but that's okay. We're great. We're having fun, but we can't fail to communicate. It'll kill you. It's the number one killer in any entity, any organization, a lack of communication. 
And I said, the problem is, is the most leaders are interested in disbursement rather than retrieval. And most people are more interested in disbursement than they are retrieval. What do I mean? Well, he didn't tell me. You ever heard, this is one of the hate things I hate and our team knows is, I, don't, I didn't know that. Well, that's stupid answer for Terry. That's really an excuse. I didn't know is I failed to go get. Because everybody thinks communication is, well, you didn't tell me. But what about the part of, did you go ask them? It's your job. Did you go ask them? So you have to embrace communication without having anxiety. Communicate at the right times, but resist the anxiousness to go find everything when you don't know it right away. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you're a thinker, you start thinking about things. Did this get ordered to get that done? Did this get done? And all of a sudden, it's the wrong time because it's three in the morning, and now you can't sleep. And now you have anxiety, and then you want to get up and text everybody at 5 a.m. and wonder why they didn't text you back right away. So then you call them and wake them up, and then you chew them out at a staff meeting. Come on, somebody. And that, the reality, that's anxiety. How about set the timelines and let them do what they need to do? If you need something and in the moment, just go retrieve it. Hey, I just want to make sure, watch, one thing, not everything. I just want to make sure that what my job is, did you take care of that so that I can make sure this gets done? That's all it is. It's embracing communication both ways. This is how you empower. Embrace it. Don't just expect them to tell you. Go get it. Hey, and if you're the person doing the work, if they haven't told you, go get it. Eliminate the I didn't knows. It kills the ability to empower. You should know everything. Well, they didn't tell me. Did you go ask them? Hope this is helping. The last thing is this. Once you have done all that, you've got to stand with them when they fail. You have to stand with them. You can't publicly degrade them. You can't public when something goes wrong in our ministry, and I'm the, and let's say it's Stacy that does it wrong. I'm not going to stand up and say, "Well, it's Stacy's fault." I don't do that because that's not leadership. That's a dictator and a boss. But a great leader stands up and says, "I'll take the complete blame for the failure of something." Actually had it happen not too long ago in our staff. I had a pastor reach out to me and wanted me to preach. And he says, I need a headshot from you. I said, sure, I'll have somebody on my team do it. I asked somebody to do it and it didn't get done. I got a text the next day that it was supposed to have been done, but I got a text and said, hey, I still haven't received that. You all know, you all know what went through my mind? I'm on. <laughs> pastor, I am so sorry. I apologize. I did not get that over to you. I will send that to you today. I never said they didn't, he didn't, she didn't. I took the complete blunt of the responsibility because the buck stops with me, not them. And, and you have to stand with them when they fail. You've got to give them permission to fail and stand right beside them. And I should actually do it this way if I could. James, you help me? This is what it actually looks like for me. This is James Randolph, one of my great friends, Randolph, Reverend. Thanks for coming all the way from Michigan, man. But you sore? You have that DNA of freedom fitness in your life right now. This is what it looks like. So this is my, stand side by side. This is what it means to stand with them when they fail. His job was, let's say his job was to send over a picture to, to a pastor and he didn't do it. It does this. Sir, I'm sorry. I apologize. This is what empowerment looks like because he knows I got his back. Even though he knows that when I get to the back offense. <laughs> but wait a minute. 
well, if you do it this way, sir, I'm sorry, he did not send it to you. He won't trust me. He won't take a risk. He, he won't listen to a word I'm saying. He won't become who he's supposed to be because my job is to help him be his best person. And if I do it this way, like this, and I'm sorry, I got him. I stand with him when he fails because it's, this is the way you do it. Hey, pastor, this is James. He's the one that actually sent you the picture. I'm so grateful that he's on my team. This is standing with him. He's done it for me, and I'm so grateful. Now he gets an applause and a celebration from the pastor, but when he doesn't do his job, this is what I do because I delegated to him the permission to do it. This is what leadership looks like, is you have to be willing to take the blunt of the responsibility even when you didn't screw up. But they screwed up, and you take it. And when they do well, look what he did. That's leadership. That's empowering people. Why are you empowering people? It's so that you can make a larger impact on what you're supposed to do in life. Hey, welcome back, man. I hope that blessed you. It blessed me uh, as I listened to it and the five different points that, that we talked about there. And what we dealt with was become relational, encourage them to take risks, eliminate the anxiety, embrace communication both ways. It's a disbursement and retrieval, right? We dealt with that and then stand with them when they fail. And I hope that you are you're able to see that. If you've not seen that on our YouTube channel, the video portion does that much more uh, justice, I think, especially on the stand with them when they fail. So if you haven't watched it, I challenge you to go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. I do want to take away two thoughts today as we as we end today's show and, and you've heard the content. I want to highlight two points. Number one, encourage them to take risks. This is a key component of ownership. I think this, that so many times as leaders, it's difficult for us to allow people to fail or allow them to take a risk, something that's risky, something that is going to cost fi- some funds, something that's going to cost energy and effort. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult to get to that, right? There are those things. But you as the leader have to encourage them to take risk. Why? Just like you took the risks to start what you're, what you're doing, to build your business, build your organization, build your church, step out in faith, that was risk. You did it, and the people are following you. What you need is more people like you on your team, those that are willing to take the risk, those that will step out in faith. Here's one way that I've learned to do it. Everything that I've done did not, was not always successful. Most of the stuff that I started and did failed most of the time, the first time, the second time, the third time, and then I started getting success. I never quit on it. But if you don't encourage them to take risks just like you, then they'll never discover the fullness of their potential and their possibility of the gifting on the inside of them. And it will stunt growth in your entity because they're not operating at full capacity. You, the leader, are the one that's holding people back or releasing them. You are the lid to your organization, to your church, to your business, and you have to release them, which is empowering you and causes your leadership to grow. Encourage people to take risks. As I said, they can't sink your ship. Don't give them permission to sink your ship, right? Give them permission to function and develop, and through their levels of experience, through their levels of successes and failures, they will discover who they really are and the level of faith and their potential on the inside of them. You must encourage them. This is empowering. Encourage them to make a decision. Encourage them to take a big risk. I promise you, you'll be well rewarded because of it, and so will they. And the last thing, 
as I shared about the video watching that, stand with them when they fail. This is the key, big component about empowering people to take risks. When you give people permission, and I said it in the, in the, in the, in the conference and in the session, but I want to say it again. You're empowering them to fail. You, you must normalize failure. You must. You must understand that just like you, the leader, have failed numerous times, other people around you, it's okay to fail. Doesn't mean we fail on purpose. It just simply means that the decisions we made today are not the accurate decisions needed to accomplish where we're headed. So we've got to adjust normalize failure. It's not okay just to say, hey, you failed, it's all good. No, no, we got to revisit the reason why we failed and understand how do we not make that decision for failure again. But those are the moments of teaching. Those are the moments of lesson. You must stand with them. Don't leave them on an island. Stand with them. Stand in front of them. Just like you want the accolade and the applause when, when they made a good decision that promotes your business, you must, when you, there's no applause and there's no accolades, you must stand and act like it's your job, your responsibility, why we failed. Even though it was a business you know, partner or it was an employee or somebody under you, you're empowering them. That means you are delegating to them. You're taking responsibility for everything they do. You can't be afraid of their failure. And if you're afraid of their failure, they'll be afraid to fail. If you're not afraid of their failure, they'll be okay to make some decisions if they really believe you're not against them in failure, that you're actually normalizing their failure so that both of you can learn how to grow in your full potential. Listen, I hope this has blessed you. I hope you'll take these points over the last two episodes and go empower your team to become the best that they can be. Allow them to reach the height of their potential and allow them to, to discover newness in their heart while they are running with your vision. Hey, I call you blessed. Until next time, I'm praying that the anointing of God get all over you and help you to empower people as you fulfill 2023 in Jesus' name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.